to the Cultured Guitarist. My name is Astrological Al, and with me as ever is Canned Ham Casper. Dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I was so blown away by your efforts last week. I was like, yes. I know. I yes, there's something. Around. No. I thought of Canned Ham Casper, and I, was, I could not. It had to happen, man. You're fired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> joke's on you. I don't get paid. <laughs> well, dude, this is a pretty exciting episode for us. It is. It's our first intercontinental podcast. This is a transatlantic podcast. Yeah. Hopping across the pond to have an amazing conversation with the ever cool Joe Halliday. How's it going, Joe? Living the dream, guys. How's it going, Jordan? Oh, man. Yeah, fantastic. We're excited to be talking with you. Yeah, man, great to hear your voice. I'm, I'm glad to be the first international guest. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, keeping it within the Crown family. Uh. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to headquarters from the colonies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's read that subject alone. <laughs> Ah, uh, dude. Well, thanks for staying up a little bit extra late uh, to talk with us. I know it's uh, getting on to be what ten thirty there. Nine. Uh, I think it's no half nine. Yeah, nine thirty. Nine thirty. Okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah, not too bad. Not Good. Too bad. All right. Well, thanks for nothing then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> right on. Um. So. You are, so we had a hard time um, in a little bit because uh, normally what we like to do is like we do a bunch of research and we get a whole bunch of like info on this, the, whatever our uh, guests make and we kind of chat about that. But we had two problems with that with you. One, you're very much in the uh, spirit of like one done. You make a, everything's kind of unique and unto itself. And two, we don't know yeah. junk all about circuit boards because we're just uh, half trained monkeys who play guitar. So, <laughs> but you did graciously, I might say, um, it was, you did send us a pretty rad pedal that, uh, we've had, um, to play for, oh gosh, it's been a couple months now. Yeah. At least a couple months. And, uh, we were a bit slow on, uh, <laughs> getting, um. I love how everything we do is, oh, yeah, at least a couple months. Oh, my gosh. Well. <laughs> no, but you're right, though. It's been a, uh, it's been two yeah. months. Two months it's, anyways. It's been a while, and uh, we were a bit slow on, being, on getting around to getting the review episode up, which was our last episode, yeah, listeners. So. If you haven't heard that, check that out. But uh, Joe sent and us. what a good episode it was. Ah, <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> Joe sent us a rad Rangemaster pedal, mm -hmm. and uh, that was our first uh hands-on experience but uh i've been following you on instagram for a while and so is casper and we're both uh uh deep admirers indeed yeah oh thanks very much yeah you're very welcome man you <laughs> make some pretty cool cool stuff and and i think as i we alluded to last week when the range master arrived al and i's first instinct was to actually just to open it and look at what you did it's just so cool which man. we you do with every pedal it, we get here yeah but it's not the same it's not the we same don't know you, what we're looking at you, you pull open a two guys a pedal weirdos weirdos yeah. and heretics yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, i thought i'll tell you people who use them canadian sprues 
And they'll have a screwdriver to open them. <laughs> oh, you're hitting on a sore oh, spot, yeah. man. Kevin's shown you still owe me a, a, a screwdriver head so I can open my pedal up. <laughs> Cheeky monkey. Yeah. I've drilled them out by now. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but, but you, like I said, it's not the same opening up another pedal that's all that's all PCBs and, and, and tracings and all that stuff. It's, it's just not the same to see your little handiwork, man. And that's the really cool part for me was I cracked it open and I was like, it, it just, just sat there and stared. We still don't know what's going on, but we can see It might as well be in Chinese. Hand wired to other parts and that looks cooler. (laughs) (laughs) I I leave the PCBs to the clever people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just, it's just you, you, the way you're doing it, it isn't really done anymore so much. No, it's very, it's way less common. Yeah. Yeah. and, And I think that's just, awesome i really love it i love this pedal especially to pl- looking at it and then putting it back together carefully and plugging it in was just was just fantastic i gotta ask man and i kind of fell, I fell in love with old old style uh wiring you know the old tag board or terminal board on old amps and stuff like that. yeah so it's just like a, a beauty to it you know i absolutely agree yeah that's what it reminds me of is like i have uh i have a late 60s uh symphonic amplifier which was made here in canada and it uh if you open it up it looks very much like a giant version of one of your pedals it's all hand soldered hand populated turret board um and it's it's just a cool cool thing to check out Mm -hmm. don't see that much these days no i think it's more of an amplifier thing isn't it people well you still get a hand wired amps but when it comes to pedals or what have you? It's easier to well, I say easier. It's harder to design, but easier to build a PCB. Yeah. So um, you can build more of them. Yeah. Quicker. I and I, I never do things the easy way around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think it just depends on each each manufacturer has their own reasons for for doing it one way or the other. Like we're obviously good buddies with the the fellows of Doctor Scientist, and and for what they're doing, it totally makes sense that they're using PCBs and they're doing you know, a lot of programming stuff for their pedals and, and they're trying to make more than uh, just a handful at a time. So it, it makes sense why they would do PCB for you. You, you couldn't do that uh, point to point. It would no. be the size of a house. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a very big pedal. For Imagine you, carrying like a, like a computer tower enclosure and setting yeah. it down and that's, it's a, it's a boost pedal. Yeah. <laughs> for what you're doing, I totally well, get you've why got you got a rack. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's my, <laughs> no, no, that's my, yeah, that's, that's my reverb pedal. I gotta go back to the car and get my delay. <laughs> so let's go. Um, maybe let's start at the beginning. How did Joe get into like? Where did you start making effects? What drew you to it? Well, uh, as, as most people know, or a lot of people know, I'm I'm in the navy, so I was away serving with my ship, and uh, my first bow van broke. It was an orange tiny terror, fantastic amps, um, and I've told this story many times before. And I'm too cheap to get it fixed or wait to get it fixed, impatient. So I'm a mechanical engineer by trade, so not electrical. And I thought, I can do this. So I borrowed the multimeter off, uh, off the lads on board. And I pretty much taught myself how to fault find on my old uh, tiny tether ramp. I fixed that and I got a bit of a taste for it. Um, and then I said to myself, I'm building myself ham-wired. You can't bend it. Vintage amp. I'm building that, and I thought to build that, maybe I've got to build a few effects pedals first. Get it, you know, get a flavour for electronics type thing, um, and then I just never moved away from effects pedals. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's cool, man. So you, I, I'll be honest, my ignorance uh, as for what Navy life is like is pretty high. (laughs) I didn't know you could bring like a guitar and amp with you. I guess I thought you were uh, living out of a duffel bag and sleeping in a berth with 30 other sailors around you at all times. Um, Well, that's pretty much true. Um, However, the further up the food chain you get, the more space you get on board. But um, back then, I, I, I was only young, a young lad. But you do get a locker and stuff, and, and there's places around the ship that you can hide stuff. And my, the ship I serve on is like a, a frigate, so it's like a medium-sized ship. There's a bit more space, um, a bit more room. And generally, the ship will have a band as well, which is cool. Oh, cool. Oh, um, yeah. So I, I've only ever done live gigs with, with a ship's band because I'm, I'm not a great player. Uh so yeah, yeah, there's, there's enough space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've, uh, I've, I mean, to be fair, I've listened back to some of the old, um, the old gigs that we did. There's one that we did in Valencia, in Spain, in an Irish bar, and you cannot tell what song we're playing. Everyone was so drunk, including um, <laughs> myself. And this, this is how bad it was. I was playing a, a limited uh, LTD. Have you heard of them? The old ESP. Uh, knockoffs or knockoffs there, Epiphone, the ESP, like things with active pickups going straight into a mixer. Ooh. <laughs> <It's horrendous>. Yeah. <laughs> I was using a volume pedal. <laughs> yeah. That's a recipe. machine. That's a recipe for yeah. disaster. <laughs> awesome. It was a fantastic gig, but watching the video back of it, it's horrendous. Yeah, I've got a few yeah. gigs like that in my, my background as well where it's- it's like it was a lot of fun. I don't want to see any video of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Not. Yeah, right. so you, you do anyway. Back to the original thing. You do get a bit of space on board, and generally, like when you start out, you're living in a in a small cramped space with forty other guys, and then the further up the food chain you get, the the less guys you have in your in your living space type thing. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty much taking a guitar rig and soldering rig and and all sorts. To build pedals when I'm away these days. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's rad. <laughs> Building pedals I, I on usually board the ship. That's cool. As well. so, uh, so if you get a pedal built somewhere on operations, that's interesting that I'm allowed to say. I'll generally write inside, you know, like built off the coast of Bahrain or whatever. Air Ops doing something. So uh, if you bought a Hello Sailor effects pedal in the past two, three years, uh, just open it, open the back and have a little look inside to see where it was built. Oh, oh. that's rad. Cool. Well, now, now, see, now you clearly lied on your website. They're not 100% handmade in England. <laughs> ah, technically, technically, the ship is soil. So oh, it is. that's true. Yeah, I was going to say, this, uh, isn't the ship the property of the state? So, I've, yeah. I think. I've been lawyered. That's why I still have my wages when we're away, so forget you with that one. So what was the uh, what was the first Hello Sailor like? Because you've... you've You've got a few circuits you make pretty regularly. What was the first regular circuit you you you've okay? So really, off? back in the day, I made one called the the, the what was it called? Something fuzz and um, oh god, I can't remember. It, it was a it was a pinup girl fuzz pedal sort of thing, yeah, and it's basically a fuzz face. That was the first one uh, back in the day, but since. Since coming back to the to building pedals, it's the anchor drive that I do, which is um, two cascading MOSFET gain stages, and um, with a master volume. Not nothing special, but it does cover everything from like a boosty type, always on makes sound better pedal, through to almost fuzz. Um, 
depending on, on, on how uh, backed off you have the master volume and, and how much you have the gains cranked. So, mm. Mm. Uh, that was the first regular one. That's cool, man. You don't get too many these days, to be fair. <laughs> Um, that was one of the things, uh, I think both Casper and I fell in love with, with your, uh, range master you sent us was we both wound up, um, favoring it as, uh, kind of a, a always on preamp. We just yeah, loved like, the color it added. I never didn't want it on. Yeah. It was like <laughs> switching oh, between off and I, on I, was, was you're just losing too much <laughs> when you turn it off. <laughs> so there's a few. A few guys, um, shout out to the to Dave Rage, if anyone watches uh, his Instagram channel, he does demos and stuff. Yeah, he, uh, he got a range master off me and he uses a a, a Boss Katana live mm-hmm. and he says he has it always up because it gives him the dynamics, you know, of, of like having a tube amp so he can dig in and get more or back off and get clean. Um, so that, that's, really, that's a really good way of using it. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's super cool. I really like those Katana amps too. Yeah. And, uh, your your pedal did add that life because my my at home practice amp that uh, late sixties amp I mentioned is actually a solid state um, affair, so there's no yeah you know I can't use drive pedals to push tubes to get my drive sounds but yeah. I did find with your your range master um, particularly um, in the germanium side I could really push yeah things into a really pleasant sounding mm-hmm. uh, drive sound. Regardless of the fact that yeah, I have no it. tubes in my chain, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, that's exactly how I use mine. Although mine it wasn't actually built by myself, funny enough. No one wants to play their own gear through these, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's a little different. You know, um, Kev from uh, Shoneswood Effects loves playing his his own, his own pedals, pedals. Um, and so does uh, uh, Sebi from Ground Control Audio. Right, He's, right. The only two pedals he uses live are his own. And then you get uh, guys like Doctor Scientist, and they don't even own their own pedals. No, <laughs> well, they've got some like er- early, early d- development stage yeah. prototypes, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think testing pedals, testing my own pedals, and um, you kind of get bored of playing the same. Not that my pedals are ever the same, but bored of playing something that you've built. I like to, uh, you know, shop around and. I'm a gear addict, basically, and hopefully my wife isn't listening, in which case I'm not a gear addict and I don't buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, she she obviously loves you and is aware, man. <laughs> Joe, Joe, this is a safe Thank place. God. Yeah, this podcast <laughs> is a safe but very public place. <laughs> <laughs> man, my... my if there's anything I've learned about my wife uh, is that uh, she loves the gear addict that I am and... Uh, Nothing gets past her. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's far smarter than I will ever be. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> hey, it's. I think my pe- hey, my I... pedal business has funded my gear addiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, at least, <laughs> at least you've turned your gear addiction hey, into me. a business of some kind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we got to talk about your enclosures yeah. because you are making so many one-off things and like. I know Casper's. Well, I'll let you say because I know you're real desperate to get into it. No, no, it's uh, it's not that. I am just. I'm actually scrolling your galleries right now on your website, and I, I gotta know where are you sourcing these enclosures because they look like cold, the non-standard ones. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. non-standard <laughs> stuff. But like some of this stuff looks like oh, old like Cold War relics. Like, are you actually stripping your ship for parts? Like, that's, <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> There's a British frigate out there falling apart one enclosure at a time. 
<laughs> yeah, if the, if the British government are listening, I would never do that. However, <laughs> however, some of them, uh, you might notice some of them are repurposed um, bits of kit. Yeah, so if it goes in the skip, no longer required, uh, and it's good enough to make a pedal out of, I'll, I'll pull it out and, oh, um, awesome. and repurpose it. So, I don't like waste. Yeah, yeah. I noticed so, uh, um, you were. I think one of the one of the more standout ones to me is uh, there's one with like a like a clear globe on it, and then one you made out of an old shell that you were on board for when it was fired. Yeah, yeah. So the the clear globe one is actually an emergency light. So if we get hit by a missile and we lose our normal power, we have like a battery backup lights around the place so people can see, fight the damage, you know, and uh, carry on working. And that's the front of one of them. So the the globe is where the light would light up to, to you know, light up the ship after a missile hit. And, uh, and, and where the stem switch is would be like a push button to test it type thing. So, yeah. You should see Casper. He's losing his marbles. He's so excited by that. <laughs> that just makes me giddy. I love this. I, I love it. I love it, man. <laughs> and and, and the, the shell, um, that come about because on board, it is really boring. You either work or watch keep. You know, it's 16-hour days and it's long. But when you're not working, there is nothing to do. And that's why so many sailors are alcoholics, I can imagine, because there is nothing to do. So, um I really wanted to learn to use the lathe and I was like, what can I lathe and make into a pedal? And uh, we were shooting, shooting uh, the shoreline up in Scotland on our way back from deployment because we couldn't bring the rounds home. And, uh, and of course, the guy who's in charge of the gun is in my mess and I said to him, well, what do I have to do to get a shell? And so we, uh, you know, one fell off the back of the wagon as they say. And I got a shell and learned how to use the lathe and build it out and make it into a pedal. Okay. There's so many super rad parts to that story. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I love, I love, I love that you're shelling the you're coast shelling, of Scotland. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> okay, so, uh, I don't know, a Navy ship, its main function, the gun on the front is to bombard the shoreline, if you like. I mean, I'm an engineer, not a weapons guy, person. <laughs> So that, that's what it's for. So uh, we, we did that. And of course, some shells don't get over the side when it's been fired. They uh, land on the deck and, and they've got to be returned to the other because it is a weapon still. But um, of course, my mate sort of blew it off and said it fell in the water and it never actually fell in. Um, so, yeah. Wow. That's. Uh... That's I, so great. That's, su- that's super cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more of them to do actually, but just no time to, to, to get on a leave and, and do it. Okay, oh. listen, Casper's about to lose his marbles now. If it's not an emergency light, I would like one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I really do, man. I am so into like the the fact that it is an emergency light cover off the battleship is pretty darn cool. Um also things like the Admiral Akbar pedal. That just looks <laughs> like a Cold War relic to me too. Like round, yeah. So that, that was just an electrical box, um, an old electrical box, and I, um, I seen it and was like, "Wow, that looks like it could be a pedal." <laughs> it's just fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to think where I got that box from. Actually, I, I'm not even sure where that comes from. It, it's that long. That was one of the, the first pedals I built. That was like 2010, maybe 2009. Wow! Wow, man. Um, and you recently did a really cool little limited run that I was really in love with, and sad I couldn't uh, couldn't part uh, t- take part in buying one. But uh, you did a little six 
six number run um, to celebrate your promotion, eh? Ah, uh, yes. So I, I've actually got one of them on my pedal board. That's my only pedal that I built myself. Ah. Uh-huh. I, I kept hold of. Um, so it's basically covered in, in Tolex, but made to look like car seating or a leather jacket, as opposed to just Tolex onto a pedal, because I know a lot of other people do that better than I could. Um, so I didn't want it to look like an amp type thing, because it's been done. Um, and then on the front, I, I got a, a Go 4 medal, so second Go 4 off Tolex, um, put on the front of all of them, because that's the first medal I earned in service. So a bit more personal. And then, uh, and then every component in it is either vintage or as high a spec brand new as I could get. Um, and, and I really went through and it took me a couple of months sourcing all the parts and, and getting the, the right capacitor values, or well, not values, the old capacitors that still had life in them, if you like. So, mm. yeah, I, I spent a lot of time on that one. Yeah, uh, it's it was super cool and definitely, like, definitely a really cool way to, to celebrate your promotion. That's. <laughs> no, I, I just love it. I mean, I mean, I think it's in the head, but it sounds clearer, <laughs> and that's because it's got old parts in it. And don't let anyone tell you any different. I hope not kind of Williams. <laughs> so you, one of your um, models, the, the cost of drive. Um, yeah. So that obviously you're a massive fan. Yeah, I love Paul Cossoff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, so. In yeah. fact, I, I never was. I went to see um, Queen when I when I was a bit younger, maybe 2008. Nah, before I started building pedals, so maybe even 2007, in Liverpool, seeing Queen live. And they had Paul Rogers singing. And, and I was like, who is this guy? Because I'd never heard of three. And I, I didn't know who Paul Rogers was. But I'm, I like Brian, though. Um, and they play it all right now. And I was like, oh, it's that guy, whatever. I don't care. And then when I started playing guitar, yeah, I was watching Obscure Channel on the telly late at night, and they had in three live in BBC Manchester, Granada Studios. If you go onto YouTube and just search for that uh, live set out, and it starts off with with uh, with, with Kossoff playing, you know, the old, uh, off the, uh, the, the, well, it's an A chord, but it's not an A chord, it's like an A chord with the pinky on. Uh, he plays that, and it's just fudge around in the chest, and it's just raw and aggressive, but clear and articulate. It's over, overdriven, but not overdriven at the same time. Um, and, and that sound just took me back. I was like, what the hell is this? I've got to know more. <laughs> and so I went on a journey to, um, to get there. Um, wow. That is... Um, it's just... <laughs> I want to say I that's probably how everybody gets uh, gets going into their own unique and signature tones and stuff. <laughs> Maybe we're yeah, not trying to yeah, carve exactly. our own thing. We're trying to find our hero's tones. <laughs> yeah, and, and in doing that, you kind of make your own way, if you like. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've been searching that, uh, that overdrive tone where it's clean if you pick lightly or you give it some, some uh, dig in a bit and it gives you, gives you that back, you know? Mm-hmm. The holy grail of tones, that's, right? That's really, really natural dynamics. Yeah. And and to be fair, a lot of people who've, who've got the cross-off drive have said, you know, that, that's been the response that, you know, in fact, recently I got a guy message me and say, I've never had to run a game pedal maxed out before because, you know, it's really not that gamey. Even though it's meant to be a Marshall Plexi sound, it's not like, 
um, games over plexi pedals because I don't think a crank plexi is as gamey as people think. I mean, I, I know it, it probably all comes from Slash. He had a modified Marshall head that he used for yeah. or whatever. I think a lot of guys associate that with with it being a plexi, but I think a JTM forty five crank. Yeah, I think the thing a lot of guys do is they, they mod them, put a master volume in them so they can crank the tarnation yeah. out of them and make them sound gainier than they are naturally mm-hmm. on their own. Naturally on their own, that amp was not designed to be overdriven per se. It was designed to be no. loud. Just loud, really clean loud. So it's, yeah, it's not as... I think a lot of people think of a cranked plexi or, or 45 and, they, and they're thinking... It's going to sound like almost like an 800 or something when it's not. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. really the case. Well, it's funny we, we uh, ventured onto this subject. It's sat in front of me. I've got a uh, part of a black flag plexi. So after the JM45 and before the JMP, you know, JMP50 is it? Yeah. So there's two years where they, where they were building um, a plexi, 50 watt plexi amp with a black flag JDM logo on. And I'm building one myself. Oh, really? Mainly because I found a, I found a transformer set on a, online, which uh, was used in the very first one. So when uh, when Jim Marshall sat down for the first JDM forty five, he uh, he used LP Hill. Is it LP Hill? No, it's not. It's, uh, I've, got, I've got them in the corner. I'm not going to reach over. Vintage tran- transformers, anyway. <laughs> uh, so I bought the set, power transformer, output transformer, and a choke. The choke's actually from nineteen forty three. They're all. Uh, and if you if you Google JTM45, the very first one, number one, I think it's called, you see pictures of Marshall holding it, and it's got green transformers on. Well, I've got a set of them. Um, oh, wow. So now I've been on it. I've been on a mission to build myself a black flag plexi, um, which is the later model to what he's holding anyway. But uh, I've got the turret port, turret port in front of me and the, uh, the chassis and stuff. So that's kind of took over the world at the minute. Oh, wow, man. Hmm. That'll be uh that'll be a cool clone to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have my jealousy on that one. <laughs> you you reminded me because you said about the master volume and I'm actually putting a master volume in it because I live in a house with people and it's impossible to play the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll uh you'll upset that uh, wife you were mentioning earlier. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, that. I, I, I literally I play straight into the uh, into a two notes cap set and a cabin at home. So it's all IRs through headphones and all of it because there's no way I could turn off. I, I live in a, you know, like a, a housing estate. There's absolutely no chance you could crank it. Mm-hmm. I do all of that on board. Uh, there's empty metal rooms that, that no one comes near. Well, there are worse things to hear the uh, headphone signal from than a two-note. Well, actually, yeah, exactly. And I, I found that, well, I downloaded some IRs and I found ones that are really horrible and show up everything. So if I click the pedal on and there's noise for power supply or, you know, any oscillation or anything like that, you can hear like it's like punching the face. So uh, so if it sounds okay through that, generally it's going to sound okay. Mm-hmm. So that, that's quite useful. So um, what... Uh... What are you usually playing with? Like, <laughs> tell me, tell me what what is Joe's? What what's the main axe, man? What you, mm, I'm and and at is it. the main axe the one you take on the on the ship with you? Okay, so um, 
I haven't been on a ship for two years now because I, I'm teaching engineering in the engineering school. Can't go out my downtime. So, uh, so for the last two years, I've I've been living the dream at home, oh. uh, traveling to work like a normal person. Nice. Um, it's never happens, by the way. So uh, it's been pretty cool. But my uh, my my main two guitars is uh, my first one is a Maybrook guitar. The one of the early ones. He oh. built me. Well, in fact, I sourced all of it for the guitar. And he, he built me a semi-hollow and um, small body, like a three B nine style, but a little bit smaller. Yeah. And um, it's got like a play maple neck, Brazilian rose with fretboard, um, and you know the most curly maple top you've ever seen. And, and I sourced all the parts, then a pile of wood and bits to him, and he sent me back a guitar. And an absolute. If you ever get a chance to order a Mabry, do it quick because he's going to go full time soon. He's, he's a part time builder at me, but he has just got. And that's amazing, well, an amazing sound. Amazing. I know I've, I've lustfully eyeballed the guitar you're talking about on your Instagram many Goldie, times. Yeah. Oh, so gorgeous. I was hoping that would be the uh, the main one because, <laughs> man. Yeah, that, 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 is, that is sort of like if I, if I had to dream everything I love about guitar and put it all into one thing, that's you. That would be it. But of course, I'm a vintage nut. So, um, so. My my most used guitar that I use at home, um, mainly because if I was testing pedals with with Goldie that guitar and I scratched it, I'd probably lose my mind. You know that that thing's going to be on my wall for the rest of my life, and, and I hate the guitar's going to be like that. But you know, I'm precious and I never have been over guitars. Um, but my main guitar is I don't know if you guys have listened to the uh, guitar mobs episode that I was on. They do like a I know it's the enemy and, and the uh, the arch rival podcast or whatever, but um, they do a thing called <laughs> called Would You Rather? I mean, Would You Rather was Would You Rather have Joan Jet 59 Melody Maker as it is, or beat up, modified, and chopped up, whatever, or brand new collectors type, you know, uh, collectors edition. It's perfect, it's like it's been wrapped up for its whole life. And I picked that rather have the beat up one and battle scars like yourself, it's been through the more round the block and all of that. Anyway. So after that episode, I went to do my first guitar show in the London International Guitar Show as Hello Solo Effects. Um, and I thought, I'm going to buy myself a little memento just to remind myself of my first show, you know, and I can look back in years and go, yeah, that's what I got. And I found a melody maker that's been battered, beat up, and it's been spray painted with rattle can black spray paint, and had P90s hacked into it, or P100s hacked into it, and... The, the tuners weren't even attached. There was one screw in both sides of the of the, the, the tuners, you know, the, the three and a line type things. And and the guitar was strung up and it still rung like a bell. And I was like, I'm buying this. And I actually bought it from Harlequin Guitar Club. If you know that. Yeah. By, uh, John Branton. By, yeah. So Joe Branton sold me my, my first vintage guitar. That's, I think. <laughs> um, That's awesome. So, we, so I bought, we don't, I bought um, that guitar, took it out. Oh, sorry, yeah? No, no, go for it. You, you finish your... Sorry, I'm, I'm cutting you off. You go. I, I, I'm just waffling. I'm telling you to stop when... You're supposed to. He sold me this guitar in 61. It had been spray-painted, so there's no serial number. 1961, it was beat up. You know, it's not pretty bad. <laughs> I got it home and carefully um, removed all this rattle can spray-paint. And it's a beautiful Sunday. That looks kind of beat up to death. And I mean, like, it looks kind of like Brody Gallagher's strap, only maybe not as extreme. And when I got to the serial number part, I carefully removed that. It's a 1960. 
Melody Maker, so it's the second year of production. Um, and also the same year that Billy Gibbons is Melody Maker's fan, and I'm a massive Billy Gibbons fan. And I'm in the same colour. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. And it had been beat up and changed, and, and I'd kind of restored it, put an old school bridge on it again, because it had an adjustable thing. Um, and I've, I've found myself a 1964 P90, a dog here, that P90 that I modified and made into a sofa for the bridge position. I put a staple P90 in a net from Mojo Pickups UK. Fantastic pickup. Because mm. I love the old, old Black Beauty guitars, you know, with, with the staples. And, and that thing, it's so light and it just rings like a bell. You, you strum the chord and it, it shakes itself to death, you know, it's just really resonant. And, and it's got precision razor fretboard, it's got all gouges in it, where someone's been playing cowboy chords. And I, I love it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, we, you know, just, just for the record, we, we actually don't consider other podcasts competition. We, we, I, I regularly recommend I them. I was going to say, I think, I think Mr. Novak and I are friends on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we, we quite enjoy the guitar knobs yeah. and uh, the, the guitar nerds as well. So, you know. If you, I absolutely love the guitar knobs. Yeah. What, what a podcast. Yeah, it's great. It was so, I, I went on that podcast and I've been listening to them since they started. And so like, I'm on the podcast when he's talking away and I'm, I'm listening to the episode instead of partaking. I'm like, oh, no, I need to talk. <laughs> yeah no i think uh i think i've said it before on the on different episodes of, of our show just to you know um go check out those shows they're great shows mm-hmm. i i think uh you know and i think um i think todd has the same attitude uh i i don't think we're in competition per se i think we all support each other in in what we're doing because every one of us is doing something a little different so Absolutely. Uh, Let me just be clear. That was completely a joke. Oh, no, oh, I, I know. know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely having a jive with those guys. Um, yeah. No, so over, over in the UK, we've got um, two podcasts, really. We've got the Guitar Nerds, who are uh, a real, real wholesome, good podcast. They're kind of like the podcast that you take on to meet your mum and marry one day. And then we also have the, the, uh, the, the Fretto podcast, which is like a little bit of smut. That's kind of like a girl like you meet on a night out. And uh, you're taking on one night only, but you never know what's going to happen, so you're a little bit scared. That's, that's the, uh, the Best Talk podcast. Uh, both great shows, by the way. Um, and yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts because I, yeah. I spend a lot of time building all the way on a ship. You know, as I say, there's a lot of spare time, so I'm a podcast nut. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm, when not under... Uh under the things where we're social distancing, like right now I'm a touring musician and um, podcasts get me through a lot of driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, when I mean, I'm home, I live quite a ways out of town. So I'm always listening to podcasts. And so I'm a big fan of the guitar yeah. nerds, the guitar knobs and, uh, like and get offset, offset, yeah. Yeah, a couple of other uh, podcasts, guitar related and not guitar related. That's but, uh, kind of how we yeah, ended, so up, cool. ended up doing this. Yeah. It's just because we enjoy those formats and listening to them. So yeah, I wanted one that kind of did everything I wanted in one podcast. And, uh, turns out that's never going to be a thing unless I make it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And why not? Yeah. Someone's got to do it. Exactly. None of us get tired of talking about our gear or the gear we like. So no. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was actually just pouring over an image of your Melody Maker, and that is a sweet axe. Oh, it's rad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, Do you know, it, it looked terrible when I got it. I know a lot of the guys that I went to show with or that were, you know, 
there's a group of builders that, that we were all grouped together and we all know each other and they were all sort of like talking to each other going, why the hell did they buy that guitar? Look at it. The tunes aren't even attached. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, I did wonder that myself. Uh, but when I got it on and cleaned it up and now it's just like, you know, that thing come out the factory the same year, made it the same wood as Eric Clapton's 1960 bass. You know, they, they didn't like pick wood for bass and pick wood for melody makers. You know, the, the Brazilian yeah, exactly, roses, the Brazilian right. roses. So, the, well, <laughs> I'm not scared to think it. I'm not scared to take it on board. It looks like someone may have removed the neck in the past even. I'm just, you know, that's a guitar to be traveled. I think people, uh, yeah. people really underestimate the value of a player-grade vintage guitar. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's always <laughs> great to have a collector's piece that's in just great shape and old and cool. But there's something awesome about I, having I one that's beat up, and you can play like a regular guitar. And don't worry about playing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think melody makers are the last affordable, and I say affordable in inverted commas, because there's, there's unbeat up versions of this on reverb for like £2,000. That's ridiculous for the student guitar. I mean, you could never have a player grade junior anymore because they started like three thousand pound four thousand pounds how is that player great i don't know any players that it's crazy you know um i kind of think that uh if somebody out there finds a good deal on a on a player grade vintage gibson great go for it do your thing um but where i'm starting to really notice that people are still not driving the prices up insane yet is guild vintage guild yeah yeah i agree that you can get I, the stuff. Probably like you guys, I spent forever looking at the guitars. And yeah, Guild is a... But you can get like guilds from I, the 50s and 60s, the same golden era, where they were a contemporary of Gibson, of, of Epiphone, of all the big brands. And they're like yeah. a third the yeah. price of a vintage Fender, vintage Gibson. And they're not lesser guitars. They're just different. Yeah, not anymore because you've just said it on a live podcast. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I've just driven up the prices amongst our 14 listeners. <laughs> well, 13. It's just Joe's here. Yeah, Joe's here. Joe's on the show. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. there's, there's a few. Like, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Guild, like, S100 Polera. Mm-hmm. Love those guitars. And uh, I can get one of those from the 70s. For eh, one anywhere from a grand to two grand, yeah. not too bad. Um, if I were to go and try and buy uh, a same condition SG from the same era, it would cost at least a grand more. Oh yeah, at least. And not, not to mention SGs have just come into fashion, so the the prices of them are going through the roof. Yeah, I'm noticing mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yep. I think uh, crazy. I think everybody burned through all the vintage Les Pauls, drove those prices insane, and now everybody's going. Wait a second, SGs can, are pretty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually kind of like the turn of the millennium era uh, mm-hmm. SGs and stuff. I think like, you know, right around that two thousand, early two thousand mark. Well, um, you know, so, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I do. But I mean, even I mean, those aren't those aren't vintage guitars by any means, but um, just solid, solid, really yeah. nice yeah. playing guitars, and I don't. I don't know. I just don't. I guess me personally, I don't buy into spending, you know, fifteen or twenty thousand dollars on a guitar, um, just because oh, it's vintage. I, but if I had the opportunity, I, I, I probably saying, would. If if my wife wins the lottery, because I don't do it, uh, but if she wins the lottery, the, the first thing I'm buying is a fifty-five gold top wraparound tailpiece, 
Um, <laughs> you know, oh God, that, that always dreamed. Don't you? We'll go on this cruise. And I'm thinking, after I bought my guitar. <laughs> after I bought my guitar. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Uh, I'll be I'll be there buying a 57, uh, and then I'll probably get uh, uh, 55, 56. I want the, the harmonies, right? As well. Oh, listen. <laughs> uh, I know what you're referring to, you cheeky jerk. Oh, <laughs> listeners, just so you're aware, if you haven't heard our uh, thanks, episode, thanks, Uncle, thanks Seamus. Uncle Seamus, episode nine. It's a great episode where the scenario was. Your relative has died, and he's left you a pile of money, but you only get it if you spend it all on gear. And uh, so we had a, a weird exercise of, like, trying to spend $100,000 on on gear, and we had to spend it as close to perfectly as possible. And uh, Casper got smart pretty fast and started just lobbing some big-ticket items in there quick just to get his number down. Yep. And I got really lost in my own guitar nerdery and had, like, five vintage harmonies that were near identical <laughs> <laughs> so like you're like i'll buy, i'll get a 57 and, and, and then a 59 and it's well, like it was, okay for, <laughs> first off they were they were 60s harmonies thing sorry very i'm very sorry <laughs> <Al>. anyway, <laughs> no it was bad it was bad i had yeah, yeah i think you I had, had three, harmony, three rockets. harmony rockets yeah <laughs> Uh, like it was, different it was, pickup arrangements. Yeah, it was kind of stupid. <laughs> it's great. Anyway, if I ever, if 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 somehow I win a lottery that I haven't entered because I never buy lottery tickets or anything like that, um, I will have a warehouse full of weird and strange guitars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is what I've learned. My, my concern is where would I keep them all safe? A warehouse. Well, with great security. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But I'd like to play them too, and I don't want to have to like go the to warehouse the warehouse. From, like it, it might get loud, where it's like a warehouse. But okay, that was actually a, a living room in the center of it <laughs> on a on a piece of stick. I like yeah. that. We could podcast yeah. from that. Uh, that's the that's that don't look like a dream space, did not it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Joe, if you ever win the lottery, um, we'll podcast out of <laughs> or your or your wife. Yeah. We mean your, your, your wife, wife ever yeah. wins the lottery. <laughs> you can tell your wife how you're adopting these two idiots that do a podcast in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. Um I you know what, man, I had a whole bunch of questions that I was like, I don't need to write these down. I'll remember them and now they're all gone. Every single one of them. <laughs> uh so how many how many circuits in total are, are like regular for you and how many like because you do a lot of one-off stuff when, mm-hmm. when like any if people yeah i mean it, I, I tend to modify the, the couple of circuits i've got so we've got the cross stuff drive and um, which is my plexi taste anchor drive which is like a, a it's sort of like you could get sort of funny enough like zeppelin-y type tones out of it unclean tones so like fuzzy distorted type tones and then I've got the uh, the broadside, which is a underdrive, or people call it underdrive. The thinking behind that is that you would have a single channel amp, like a tiny setter, use that for your gain, and then use the, the overdrive to clean up your gain instead of your guitar volume, and keep the fidelity, keep the dynamics uh, in there without having to mess about with the volume control and you know worry about having treble bleed and cap in there, which may affect your fuzz or not. Um, so there's that one. And I got that idea completely off that pedal show. I think they used like an SD1 to clean up a single channel amp. And I was like, that's amazing. Someone should make a pedal. Um, and what I, I'm the Range Master, of course. 
And then we go into fuzzes. I've got two fuzzes, full of head fuzz, which I don't make anymore, really. Kind of like modern-y sounding fuzz that I went too keen on. And then we've got the uh, the build track fuzz, which is my favorite pedal at the minute. That's, um, that's basically a Mark 1.5 tone bender, but um, modified. So it's got the old input transformer um, and, and some of the appointments. Mm. Yeah, and that, that's pretty much. And, I, and then I tend to mix and match between a lot. So, you know, I may build a, a, a cost-off drive with a range master in it, which I do, and that's called the free range. So, uh, uh, yeah, so um, there's that. And then oh, I may do a fuzz and then decide that, you know, how can I make this a bit better? So I'll add in something else, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, it generally starts with one of them circuits. I've definitely eyed your bills right now. Mm-hmm. bundle of times <laughs> i think that one and the cost off drive have been the the two i've probably eyeballed the most yeah i think they're my my two favorite i mean i favorite to build i should say uh, but the range master is my favorite sound i just there's something about turning that all the way up and using the guitar's volume to yeah. give you more or less distortion man That's it, my sure, favorite. it sure takes you into like early sabbath tones and stuff mm-hmm. and yeah it gets the yeah. goods it gets the goods Real good, mm-hmm. but, but I, I, with fuzzers, I'm, I'm I'm just experimenting with transistors at the minute. So I'm going through like having a, in the first transistor in Q1, having a germanium, and then having a, a silicon in Q2. So you get all the clean up and 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 vintageness, if you like, of the or quirkiness of the germanium, and then uh, punching the face from the silicon after it, which is uh, nice. Yeah, man. I uh, I can't thank you enough for sending us uh, that range master. <laughs> We're in a conundrum. Oh, no maybe, maybe... I, I kind of just finished it when <laughs> we started talking. Oh, that's it was your it was a very awesome, generous thing to do, and and maybe you can help us here because now we're in a conundrum. You see, you sent us yeah. one pedal, and there's two of us. Yeah. So Al may likely die. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll see what I can do on that front. <laughs> uh, we haven't figured out what we're going to no. uh, how we're going to handle that one yet, but uh, we have we have a well, few ideas in mind. It, it's, it's on a pedal board already, isn't it? So it I'm is. guessing someone's going to It is on the pedal board. <laughs> okay, right hold now. on though. Thanks, Joe. That's <laughs> Joe. For, oh man. There's no Velcro on it, okay? It's just on the board. Are you sure about that? Oh, you cheeky. <laughs> okay, fine. No, you're right. There's no Velcro on it. But I hate that you assumed there wasn't. Uh, well, I was there when you almost dropped it off the board because hey, no. there wasn't Velcro on yeah, it. Yeah, well, it was plugged in, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had a little heart attack moment watching we. him do that. He, he's tilting his pedal board upside down to run some power cabling, and the pedal slipped. The, the range master goes rip, and I was like, "Oh!" And then I've done that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, you can do that. That's your pedal. You can ding it up and rebuild a one for the customer if if you need to. It's not ideal, but you could. All we can do every, is go. Every time I ding one, it becomes mine. <laughs> <laughs> All we can do is go. Crap! Now there's going to be a ding in every picture I post of this pedal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I caught it. It was uh, it was definitely a uh, a heart attack worthy moment, though. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're podcasters and guitarists. We're not geniuses. <laughs> if we were, we'd be building pedals, not podcasts. <laughs> 
I, I cannot play guitar, and I, I'm not. I've got a face for radio, I suppose. But uh, no, I'm definitely more in the second world. You know, it sounds about like somebody else I know, my fellow co-host. In fact, you've got a face for radio. You tell me I'm beautiful <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs> you lying <laughs> charlatan! <laughs> Just toying with your feelings. I'm gaslighting you. Yeah. That's. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you've you've been around. You haven't you haven't had to sail for two years, but you've been been able to still stay f- full on with the navy. Uh, what's the future of oh, well. sailor? Is it uh, is that the uh, retirement plan? Go full on with the effects building, or I really hope so. So um, I set myself a ten year goal, and that was to by the time I leave the navy, um, and and maybe five years after I leave the navy, that would be my ten year point was to get in a guitarist magazine of some sort, you know, even just a mention or, uh, you know, something like that. And um, and then go from there. But I've already done it. So I give a pedal to Chris Buck. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, he's a UK blues guy. Mm-hmm. And, it, and he did a thing with guitarist magazine and my pedal was in there. He's talking about it. Like, brilliant. That's awesome. So, uh, nice. Yeah. Well, now you've achieved uh, real I'm fame because you're on our show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just a sheet cake of victory and money from here on out, my friend. You you can't see it, but I just dropped the mic. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, I've got five, well four and a half, five years left to save before I'm a pensioner, and uh, so I've got that long to to, to build. However, in the end of the year, I I joined back to a frontline unit, back on a ship, um, uh, and yeah, so. It, who knows? While I'm away again, doing whatever, it may need to take a backseat for two years and just try and build what I can. Mm-hmm. So there'll be no custom orders and stuff. Um, I, I had a really weird conversation about that. And I'm not going to say it with because he's quite a, he's a, a known guitar industry guy who's kind of coaching me through expanding, if you like. And he was like, well, just take take orders and build them while you're away and then send them back. And, you know, that that's a possibility, but with, without getting into politics and all that's going on in the world, I thought, what happens if the ship gets sunk? I can't take people's money and then not give them a pedal. And I can't leave my wife to deal with that. I said, no, I just can't. Not until after I've left the Navy. Um, it's, it's not really feasible. So I think I'll just build what I can while I'm away and make it interesting, you know, with cannon shells or light fittings and, you know, try and keep afloat that way, keep it in the air, in the public eye. And then when, when I get back shoreside again, I'll have two years shoreside to to get back on track, and then and then I'm, I'll be a civilian, and hopefully doing it full time. Who knows? Well, I mean, I hope it all hope it all works out exactly like that. You know, I mean, God forbid, I'd really God forbid anything bad happens while you're Let's out see. sailing, man. Yeah, yeah. Not even gonna get into that because that's just a horrible scenario to think about. But I do think it's yeah, pretty no, honorable of you to not want to uh, leave anybody without and leave your Leave your wife. Uh, yeah, some I, complications. You no, know, I, I wouldn't want people to think anything bad of me. You know, uh, if, if someone's waiting on a waiting list for the pedal, the last thing you want to be told is they're not getting it. You well, know. Uh, I mean, worst case scenario, you do know how to swim, right? Wow. Welcome to the Culture Guitarist Podcast, where we no, say no. the most tasteless thing. <laughs> I, I had this conversation the other day with a uh, with a couple of, couple of my builder friends, and they were like. You know, we were basically talking about uh, UK politics, which I'm not going to get into. And they were saying, you know, wouldn't you just abandon ship? And we got onto that. But my action station is right in the center of the ship, in the ship's control center, as, as the, 
the guy in charge of the machinery type thing. Um, and so my job is to be the last guy out. So there, there ain't no way I'm getting off. <laughs> you know, there's no swimming for me. <laughs> Scuba mask, man. I'll, I'll yeah. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm feeling awkward now. Mm. Uh, I'm not. I, I, did, I didn't mean I it to, to like highlight yeah. your. Yeah, no, the oh, no, that, I, but... I, I've, I've been in for 17 years now, and you know, ships really, as you can probably tell, excite me. I, you know, the Navy's given me so much, um, and I just love my job. I really do. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, now, now it's time to, well, to, who, to shift tactics. I mean, really, who can blame you for loving a job that has a Village People song named after it? That's just the best. <laughs> no, I'm going to play song as well. It's, it's funny uh i actually have like a, a bucket list to to actually sail but not probably not on a modern warship but more on like a like a colonial warship um like a it's just a big old spanish galleon yeah just... man that's like I, I have a i have actually have a, a tattoo of uh you know there's like three of those left in the world right like don't yeah, really they're, all, they're all replicas it's fine but i would still i would still love to actually sail on an old windjammer you know that would be okay. That's why I have. That's why I got this tattoo. Well, I have a, a the replica of the HMS Rose uh, tattooed from the the knuckles on my oh, right cool. hand up to about three inches up my wrist. I I do like one of the strange like on my bucket list is not not on a, a a sail ship per se, but I have always wanted to just cross an ocean by boat. Mm -hmm. I haven't spent well, a lot of time. You guys are just an amazing. Why you get in amongst it? What's that? You guys have got such an amazing navy. Why don't you? Get get down here, get, get on board the warship. Well, some of us may have trouble passing the physical and uh, <laughs> also yeah, the intellectual them. exams. Um, well, <laughs> actually, my uh, my first uh, career path as a as as a kid getting out of high school was actually the Air Force. Um, I was going into uh, avionics technician, and uh, oh, I got, cool. I, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but I got through all the the. In, you know the aptitude testing and everything like that, and I got about twenty minutes into a uh, into the the physical end of it, and uh, I'm uh, red green colorblind. So the most technical position oh. they could offer me was a, a telephone line operator, and I uh, I was either that or a tank crewman. And I was like, well, I don't know. I kind of feel like I want to <laughs> be somewhere working on something technical. And when uh, when the Air Force or the Army couldn't offer that to me, I moved on. I'm just a numpty, and uh, people shouldn't trust me with a uh, billion dollars worth of equipment. So. We know, Al. <laughs> <laughs> and at 38, I don't think uh, yeah, I'm high on uh, <laughs> any military force <laughs> recruitment list. <laughs> Hi, can I join the uh, submarine group, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> i, I got to say, the, the, the Canadian Navy, them bros are mental. Like I spent so much time with, uh, with well, out in Canada and, and uh, out with your Navy. Then guys can drink. Let me just say say that. Why is Moose while we're on the subject of, uh, of drinking? Do you guys know what that is? No, mm -mm. Uh, we we know very little about it. Uh, it's like a Navy drink. It's like sweet milk, but it's full of alcohol. It's tremendous. A sweet milk full of alcohol? Yeah, it's called Moose Moose milk. Moose milk. <laughs> not not a thing. Yeah, I'd pay good money to watch someone try to milk a moose, though. That could be like a <laughs> that could be good TV. That would that would be a man dying. That's yeah, what no, that no, would be. no. It's it's they'd have to. 
you'd have to put in oh. some some rules and, and, and like and safety I'm, precautions but man where i come from in alberta there are moose everywhere and they are mean and they are massive they're big <laughs> it's it's like a clydesdale with horns it's bigger <laughs> like, I, I can honestly say i've never seen a moose I've, um, I've almost hit a moose doing 120 kilometers the, an hour on the imagine highway. Imagine the biggest horse you've ever seen and then add about a foot of height and several hundred pounds on it. It's, they're big. Wow. They're yeah. huge animals. And they're very territorial. Maybe our visitors across the Canada with no, with no moose. That's, it's likely. <laughs> they're not everywhere. If you come back to Canada, I'll, I'll, show you some, I'll show you some moose, man. I would love to show you. Moose, they are very cool creatures. Mm-hmm. I will show you moose from the safety of a car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the closest thing to an animal I've seen is uh, what's that stuff that you have on chips that's not crazy. Poutine. That's uh, the closest thing to some sort of animal I've seen. Poutine. Uh, poutine. <laughs> poutine. That is uh, a good dish. French fries gotta, and yeah. gravy, sir. you got to have a poutine if you're coming yeah. to Canada. That's one of oh, those God. dishes everybody knows about and, like, Americans in particular laugh at, but it's like, put your heads together. Come on. It's gravy. It's, it's just like and gravy and chips. On potato. It's, yeah. what, it's, it's not to love. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's one of those things where it's like, why is that weird? That's that's yeah. just. I don't know. I've made so many different iterations of a poutine. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I'll do, like, tater tots. You know, like, you know, you guys know what tater tots are? Yeah, like, we're little... really divulging. Yeah, from... yeah, I know. We're. <laughs> <laughs> a little tater tots baked We're, crispy and then bacon and all. Yeah. Oh my god. Poutine. If we we cannot Yeah. We, we can't we can't go down this rabbit trail, man. We're both foodies. Yeah. That's a different podcast. Mm, you so yeah, Joe, you said poutine, man. Shame on you. Way to go. This is Joe's fault. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about Canada. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're you talking to... to us and you're saying that's your favorite thing about Canada? I was like, you need to get out more, <laughs> sir. <laughs> uh, well, Joe, it, unfortunately, we're, we're up for time. Um, but that's cool because we're going to have to have you on again. Yep. And that is just a bonus for everybody. So we want to thank you. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Um, it's been a real, real honor for us. It's, it's been emotional. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been great. Thanks for, for coming on. Thanks for, for jabbing with us and for sharing your, your vision and your, and your work with us. And, uh, thank you. Fantastic listeners to tune in into the show and spending some time with the culture guitarist. Yeah.